This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. You're in the zone with Jason Anderson on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Brought to you by Guaranteed Foods, official sponsor of Family Mealtime. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. Man, Taylor Swift's boyfriend is good at football. Welcome into the zone here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I am Joshua Briscoe. Jason Anderson out today. Injury designation voice. We're all hoping that comes back sooner rather than later. May get to hear those dulcet tones again tomorrow. But in the meantime, it's myself, Joshua Briscoe, flying solo here with Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Good news, bad news, friends. Good news. Uh, we are here to break down another Chiefs victory, an incredible new chapter of the Travis Kelsey saga, a tremendous, bizarre year that he's already had. All of the emotions that we all went through, we'll talk more about that. Bad news, if you listen to postgame last night, you're going to hear some of the same takes twice. Good news, they're all good takes. And also, man, there is so much to unpack. I want to dive in deeper into what the Chiefs showed us from their wide receivers last night, because even the things they said postgame were really interesting. A lot of the conversations we had all last week right here on this show, a lot of things came to fruition. And a couple of problems might still be problems. That's something new this morning, getting to go through the snap counts. Uh, We will have plenty of new stuff that you may not not have heard last night as we broke it all down late into the evening before we handed you over to what I thought was going on. I apologize. We should have just done two extra hours of postgame. I thought that game was going to be more interesting. Not not important today, because one game leads everything here with us. Chiefs 27, Vikings 20, and another one of those moments from Travis Kelsey. We'll go more around the league with uh, Field Yates of ESPN. He joins us, as he always does, uh, on Mondays at noon. We'll hear from Chiefs coordinators somewhere in that noon hour uh, because everything is sped up this week. The Chiefs have another game, this time here at Arrowhead, on Thursday night football against the absolutely hapless Denver Broncos. No doubt that'll be a tight game for no reason, but we'll talk about that uh, a little later on. And, of course, Mick Schaefer, KSHB 41, will swing through at 1 to close out the show with us. We'll learn funniest best. There are lots of good things to talk about here. There are some underrated storylines. There's some fun stuff. But nothing, not within reason, nothing in Kansas City can be more important than Travis Kelsey today. And I, I am like, I feel like I might be playing the hits because so many times throughout the Travis Kelsey experience, throughout Travis Kelsey being truly unprecedented, truly something we've never seen before, truly special. We, we've we gotten at least acclimated with that, with him as a football player, to, to an extent that I don't think we take for granted, but I think we 
know that he's going to be great week in, week out. So it can be easy to want to talk about a young wide receiver or an up-and-coming defense or the best player at the most important position in football, Patrick Mahomes. But then the rest of Travis Kelsey, we, we've seen such an evolution over the years from the draft day phone call of you're not going to bleep this up, right? Through the obscene gestures around referees and the towels and flags thrown in various places, the not terribly successful dating show, a full-on, like somewhat recently, a full-on shove of Eric Bieniemy, which is just I like to remember that because of who those guys both are together and independently. It's just a, I think that moment is a really fun, interesting snapshot of what football looks like on the sideline sometimes between two truly great pieces of a great offense. But we, we, we saw like wild child Travis Kelsey and is he going to get his head screwed on straight, Travis Kelsey? And not that it was... It was unfinished until the Super Bowl last year, but that was yet yet another gear. It was the Kelsey Bowl. Donna Kelsey was the unofficial mascot of last year's Super Bowl. And at least for me, in a fun way. I mean, I'm biased, but also uh, Philly fans are biased because each team had a Kelsey. It was just a great, great story before a great, great football game. Travis Kelsey hosts SNL. Something that I just at any age from from the first time I started watching football until I don't know a year ago until prima homes at least the idea of a member of the Kansas City Chiefs hosting Saturday Night Live was one of the wildest things you could have ever possibly thrown out into the void like well that's that's something you say instead of saying a snowball's chance in hell hey you win the lottery yeah I won the lottery and a Chiefs tight end hosted Saturday Night Live what You have the entire Taylor Swift saga, which, for my money, has still been fun. She wasn't there yesterday. I hope everyone was okay with that. But he's now the most famous player in football around the world because he's in some sort of unlabeled, undetermined relationship with the most famous woman in America, if not the world. He has the little Aaron Rodgers thing, and... I thought really, really aptly handled all of that with the Mr. Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson family. I look like Mr. Pfizer because I got a mustache. All of that was just sort of smirking into a camera, handling what appeared to be a couple of jabs exchanged between friends, pun intended, and de-escalated that. In the middle there, you have... Week one, the last practice before the kickoff of the season, where this guy who has been in so many ways the face of the NFL offseason, pre-total Kelsey, uh, a swift mania, his knee goes, and then to, to take you back to the Jay Glazer report from later in the, the, the week, or the next week even, reporting that the Chiefs originally feared the worst for Travis Kelsey. They were taken whatever, 30 cc's or 50 cc's of blood out of his knee, and they they feared some sort of, I think it was a tibia plateau fracture is what they were afraid of. Ends up being a hyperextension. Yesterday, in the midst of all of this, in the first game where Taylor Swift is not in the stands, that feels sort of like a normal football game in a lot of ways, that still has all of the, you know, online hype and all of that. 
Travis Kelsey takes the field, is once again the, the focal point of the Chiefs' offense, aside from, you know, the quarterback. I don't know if the quarterback's the focal point or if they're the point guard or whatever, but Travis Kelsey's playing this game. He's Travis Kelsey. He's got a first down completion in front of him, but he doesn't pick it up, and he goes to the ground. There was at least a split-second moment in there where I was not thinking about the great comeback story in the second half that Travis Kelsey was going to bring. The the first thought that I, and I imagine many, many, many of you listening now, your first thought at the time, was some potentially profane variation of, oh no. This dude just turned 34 years old. This offense does not have a Travis Kelsey workaround, really, right now. Mahomes' greatness notwithstanding. And also, we will still take calls today, by the way. Sorry, I just remembered I was going to mention that at the top of the show. I just didn't want to make everybody sit on hold while I jabber for 30 minutes, which is what I intend on doing. We'll take calls later this hour, all 11 o'clock hour. We'll open up the phones and get you guys in here. But in that moment, I wasn't thinking, all right, well, he's going to shake this off, things are going to be fine, and he's going to look good the rest of this season. At least in the moment, it's non-contact, on turf, that's being replaced at the end of the year anyway, because it's one of very few NFL stadiums that still uses that specific type of turf. Both Kelsey's back on New Heights in some past episode talked about how they both hate fake turf both for the feeling on your skin when you slide across it to when your helmet hits the turf and the impact it has on concussions to everything else. You just have to be thinking in that moment. If not, that was the last play of Travis Kelsey's career, which is not what I was thinking. That's a little bit overdramatic even for me. But in that moment, I'm thinking, oh, is, have we have we seen peak Travis Kelsey? Is that a thing of the past? I mean, in some terms, I guess it is already, right? Like the physical peak of Travis Kelsey, but the mental peak of Travis Kelsey is still here. As long as he can physically do what he needs to do, he's going to look like himself. You know, Kelsey said earlier this year he was going to play till the wheels fall off. And and I I both want to see as much Travis Kelsey as possible and don't want to see a terribly diminished version of Travis Kelsey if he still wants to be playing when he's 44. Like, that would also be kind of hard to watch. But that's kind of the thought process in the moment. He gets up and tries to, like, hobble for the first down, and it's all bad, and they're kind of, the Vikings are grabbing for the football, and it's all weird, and he's writhing, and he pops up and jogs over to the sideline. That was somewhat reassuring, but we've also seen Patrick Mahomes hobble off with a kneecap that had been popped back onto the correct portion of his leg as opposed to being side saddle. And we've seen some players have Achilles injuries, they, you know, shoot the free throws and then walk off. Or other knee issues that for whatever reason aren't debilitating in terms of walking, but means you, you can never move lateral, you cannot cut side to side, surgery incoming, whatever. I was slightly heartened by that moment. But in no way whatsoever 
Did I expect to see Travis Kelsey come back on the sideline shoulder pads? I'll let you hear what, what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes said here in a second about that whole sequence. But I would have happily, happily accepted Travis Kelsey standing on the sideline in street clothes, smiling and stroking his mustache without a brace or a cast or anything on. Just standing there in the, the team-issued sweats, maybe a little bit unhappy, but but not because your your lower extremities no longer work the way you want them to. I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat. And I don't know if the Chiefs win this football game. But, like Matt Derrick said on the show last night on the postgame show with us, he thought that that may have been the most unlikely situation that, that Travis Kelsey could have ended up in. Because if there was any way whatsoever that he could take the field and they tried to put him in street clothes on the sideline, it was going to be a problem. And that's 100% right. 100%. Kelsey and Mahomes are both the type of dudes who just seem like if they're... If they're main joints are pointing in the right direction, if their ligaments have any chance of holding all the important bits in place, they're going to play football. When I saw Travis Kelsey come back out onto the, the sidelines in full uniform, that was one thing. He put his helmet on. Holy bleep, he's actually going to do this. The next drive, he's trying to run onto the field, and Andy Reid and Tom Melvin are, like, calling him back. Like, Travis, don't be – you are not small enough to sneak. Maybe you're just thinking that we won't notice that 87's going onto the field because that's always what we want to have happen. Also keeping in mind that earlier in the game, it was a big third down, and Kelsey took himself out after the second down play. He got tackled kind of awkwardly and just kind of briefly did the thing where you, like, put your – the back of his hand on, the, on, the, on his like the small of his back, kind of a lower back, little tweak, tightness, whatever. But he just, whatever happened there, he knew he was not going to be able to be himself on third down. So he takes himself out on that play. I mean, we're already, I'm already thinking about the, the potential mortality of Travis Kelsey. And even that isn't where that story ends. He comes back out. The, the up and over play, where he almost goes ta David Tyree to bring the ball to his helmet, doesn't quite, holds it out, just has possession the entire time, down to the ground, through the ground, eventually they rip it out, fully, fully a catch, no question. That's an incredible play. That's an incredible play for a young man at the peak of his vertical. And Travis Kelsey, as magnificent as he is, is neither of those things. But the strength of his hands and the unbelievable faith from Patrick Mahomes to put the ball there and Kelsey's ability to bring it down is just the most impressive example of a Kelsey-Mahomes connection I have ever seen until a little later in the game. Guys, it wasn't even the most impressive Mahomes-Kelsey connection of the game. It wasn't even the most impressive Kelsey-Mahomes connection. Of the injury. The, the red zone third down conversion. And, and actually, let's Dylan, can we play that clip from Mahomes here first? It's a little out of order from what I was going to do. Because it's not even the most important thing. I just want to let Mahomes explain it to you. 
because in real time, I thought I saw what happened, but it didn't seem quite possible. In all truthfulness, it's impossible for me to pick, like, what are the peak Kelsey Mahomes examples? I I don't know if either of these two, I don't know where they're going to fit in the all-time career highlight for the two of them. When when Kelsey gets into Canton first, what is the Mahomes-Kelsey all-time highlight reel going to look like? I don't know. This play might not be on it because it wasn't a touchdown, but it was unbelievable. Here's Patrick Mahomes talking about the the Travis Kelsey red zone third down conversion that was executed in a different way than it was drawn up, which is just sort of their brand. Yeah, we try to go off a, like kind of a little pump screen and slip uh, not, uh, slip uh, Tony down the sideline, and we um, we freaking – I pumped, and the corner fell off, and I, I stepped up in the pocket, and Travis is supposed to be on the sideline, and luckily he was running across the field. It, I have those moments where I'm like, uh, I'm, about, I'm about to get crushed, and then I look over, and 87 is just running free. So uh, he's, a, he's he's been with me a long time and knows how to get himself open whenever the, he gets an opportunity. You got Patrick Mahomes looking around going, no, this isn't what we wanted. This isn't what's happened. Go, go. Maybe I run it. I'm not going to get it. Mahomes. Uh, One more time. uh, That's the sound Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback currently living. uh, That's the sound he's making. (laughs) Until Travis Kelsey descends from the heavens like an angel and turns this. Uh, into a first down in the red zone. Uh, it's unbelievable. And like the fifth most unbelievable thing about that play, I was watching the replay again before the show. Travis Kelsey catches that football four or five yards short of the first. It was what, third and eight, I think? Mahomes climbs the pocket, and really it looks like he's about to take off running, right? So he climbs the pocket, taken off, stops right before the line of scrimmage. Like, he can see the blue line in real in real time. Uh, Makes that noise. Stops there at the line of scrimmage. Zips it to Travis Kelsey, who four or five yards short of the first down marker. Brings it in, tucks it, splits the two Vikings defenders with good angles on him. I don't know if, he, I, don't know if I would have expected either one of them to stop him individually, one-on-one in space like that in that moment, but the two of them combined probably should have. But said they were sounding like this. Um, it's unbelievable. And I will happily talk and talk and talk and over-explain and over-discuss Travis Kelsey until the day he retires, and Lord willing, for a decade or two after that also. Because the one silver lining in Travis Kelsey having some moments of, of mere mortality while he's also the most famous player in football, is that it does give you that moment to <gasps> gasp, catch your breath, look down this this darkness toward the light, and to have the, the moment of reflection of, oh, if he's gone, did I appreciate Travis Kelsey enough? If we've seen the best of 87... Have I fully soaked up how ridiculous what he has done is? The good news is that we are not yet at the end for Travis Kelsey. And I really hope and I really believe 
we're a bit away from the end for Travis Kelsey. But I don't want to assume that. I don't want to wait until his his retirement tour to make sure we're appreciating some absolutely alien stuff, specifically between Mahomes and Kelsey. It's stupendous. I want you to hear from Reed and Mahomes on the Kelsey injury altogether, what their their sequence was like. Again, we will take a bunch of calls today. The 11 o'clock hour is wide open. So I'm leaving the phones closed right now. I just don't want anybody to sit on hold for 45 minutes. Again, while I talk about how cool Travis Kelsey is, because um, we can all do that. And I'm happy for you to do that as well. We're, we'll start taking calls here uh, at about 11. But we'll take a timeout right now and then come back, let you hear from Reed and Mahomes on what the injury sequencing was like with Travis Kelsey leaving the game, coming back in the second half, and then only, you know, having two of the game's most important plays after that. It's an incredible thing. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Jason Anderson out today. It's The Zone on Sports Radio 810. WHB. Rolling on in the zone here, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Joshua Briscoe and Dylan Michaels with you today. You know, the great ones fight through injuries. Jason was doing that late last week. Today, though, the voice finally got him. Not sure if he's going to show up for the second half in shoulder pads or not, but uh, planning on uh, hopefully him getting his voice back and getting back with us before too long. In the meantime, though, another future Hall of Famer battling through the pain. I want you to get to hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talking about this sequence of events that we just talked about in the first segment of the show today because from their perspectives, this thing is just fascinating to me. Kind of got these uh, chopped up. You hear a little swooshy sound, super cut kind of deal. Uh, so you can hear all of the, the answers to that, uh, that Andy Reid had on this one, because putting it in the context of real time, I think makes this fascinating. Starting off with uh, the head coach, here's Andy Reid with everything he said post-game about Travis Kelsey's injury and that entire situation. Yeah, well, he was hurting. He'd be, you know, be a little sore. But he's a pretty tough kid, so um, I wasn't sure where we were going uh, at halftime, so Loves to play the kid. Were you clear that he was coming back? No, no, I wasn't clear um, uh, until he came out and told me. So you guys probably saw that. But you know, he said, just give me a minute. I'm, I'm going to get this thing right. So he did a bunch of drills on his own there, just working with it. You know, our training staff was working with him during halftime, and Rick does a great job. He's pretty amazing. He said, just give me a minute. Let me see what I can do here. You say that at the start of the third quarter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you didn't do it on that Right, yeah, exactly. So the last back and forth there with Teicher I think is important because it's it's what was going on when he was trying to sneak onto the field and getting pulled back. Like, he had his helmet and shoulder pads on, but they were they kept pulling him off the field. Because <laughs> the answer, according to Andy Reid, is that throughout halftime, they didn't know if they were going to have Travis Kelsey. And, and frankly, just assuming that the coaching staff is responsible... I imagine they were planning on being without Travis Kelsey for the second half. They ended the first half without him. There was no reason to believe that it, it should have been some quick little get the, the, the massage gun on there and, and figure it out kind of deal. So they were presumably planning to, to start the second half without Travis Kelsey. He comes out there at the beginning of the third quarter. Again, Andy Reid was not clear on that he would be coming back until the start of the third. He comes back and says, give me a minute. I'm going to get this thing right. What, whatever that means. Travis Kelsey's a lot, but Travis Kelsey, to my knowledge, 
is not a doctor. So I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did. He just, he just gritting through it. Trying some different, running the drills and making sure his foot was responding the way he wanted it to be. The actual training staff, as Andy Reid gave credit to last night, obviously doing great work there as well. But man, what a wild, what a wild sequence. At, at halftime, I don't know if Andy Reid knew that Travis Kelsey was going to play Thursday against the Broncos or Sunday after that. I think it's the Chargers and I think the Broncos again. Weird AFC West little sequence. But point being, it was all foggy for the offense. And uh, Patrick Mahomes' breakdown of that same situation, same deal here. Just everything Patrick Mahomes had to say about the Travis Kelsey injury last night. Yeah, it was a little weird because um, it happened right before half. Um, and so we obviously had that two-minute drive. Um, and then you get back to the locker room. Um, they're looking at it and stuff like that. But um, I, I knew, I mean, obviously it, all that hurts. But and if Travis is out of the game, it hurts. But I knew he was trying to get back in. And he, I feel like Travis has the same mindset as I do. You give him the window of, like, he can get back in the game, he's going to be back in the game. And so uh, competitor, man, um, that's why he's one of the greatest is that he'll battle through stuff like that and came back and made a lot of great catches for us. I don't, I don't like to talk to Travis when he's hurting because he's, he's a mean guy. So I, I, did not, I did not talk to him at halftime. Um, but I kind of just peeked in there and, and, and looked at Rick and just asked him how he's feeling. He said he's going to try to see what, if, he can, if he can go. Yeah, I, didn't, I saw him I saw him on the sideline on that first drive. Um, it was kind of the role reversal. It was like me in the playoffs. I was just standing there on the sideline trying to get back in. So, uh, no, but uh, I thought the other guys stepped up. I mean, that was a big drive at the end of that half there uh, for those guys to step up, make plays. Um, Noah always does a great job when he gets those opportunities. Um, and then we were able to kind of mess with the personnel a little bit and, and kind of have something going until he could get back in the game. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a, we have guys that where it might have been maybe a three tight end set. We throw a receiver in there or, and stuff like that. And we have guys that are able to learn that know the offense and can go out there and do that. So uh, um, we prepare for that stuff. Um, you can't always prepare for everything, but we try to prepare if someone goes down or if something happens, how we can still run our plays. And uh, Coach Reed and the coach staff does a great job of that. I left those last couple there because I thought it was interesting that you know they are making those personnel adjustments in real time. I wonder what those personnel changes were like going into week one against the Lions because, again, you have your game plan installed and the Kelsey gets hurt at the end of the last practice. So I'm sure they changed a couple of things. But uh, just what that evolution looks like for the Chiefs offense is really interesting. But how wild to be in, in such a, a similar flipped situation – we're back in the playoffs when Patrick Mahomes is hobbling and getting x-rays and ankle is swelling and getting retaped and all of that. Kelsey looking around the corner trying to ask Burkholder, like, oh, so we got an idea what's happening here. Might we'll catching passes from somebody else for a little while. To last night, I, I, don't, I don't question Patrick Mahomes when he says Travis Kelsey is mean when he's hurt. I don't. I uh, I saw Patrick Mahomes be mean to Andy Reid when he was hurt, <laughs> because that is that has to be the peak of frustration. As an elite athlete, speaking as myself, I mean, no, but really, like as as an elite athlete that has the entire world in front of you and on your shoulders simultaneously, you can do anything you want. You can, you you are a master of this craft, and for Mahomes. Do drops on your ankle funny. For Kelsey last night, if it's the turf, if it's dumb bad luck, if it's whatever, it has to be unendingly frustrating because it's nothing you did wrong. You didn't you didn't prepare poorly. Although, kind of interesting to think back to Travis Kelsey talking about the hyper extended knee 
And he said he got like I think Matt may have mentioned this last night too uh, on post game. He said oh, I got like lazy on my rep there on the on the hyperextended knee. That's obviously not what happened last night. But even then, like I think it it probably feels better as a all-time athlete to at least have something that you did wrong so it's not completely out of your hands. And last night it was. And he comes out of that sequence. We already played you the Mahomes on the third down conversion play. But he he comes out of that sequence and just absolutely right away looks like Travis bleeping Kelsey all over again. It's really, really unbelievable. One other player, uh, Chris Jones was asked about Travis Kelsey too. He didn't um, didn't have a ton to say, but uh, Legarius Sneed also asked about uh, Travis Kelsey. Here's what Legarius Sneed had to say. What do you think of Travis today? Adult. Adult. He's out there with one leg, man. <laughs> and that might be the best piece of audio of all of them. What do you think of Travis? A dog. He's a dog. Adult. Playing on one leg. Adult. I want to talk about Snead in particular, the Chiefs defense, some other uh, the Chiefs receivers we're, we'll, we'll talk about on the other side of a quick break here. But it's fun to ask a dude like Snead, hey, totally other side of the ball, different, you, you see him in practice every day, obviously, but what do you see when you see Travis Kelsey? Adult. And he's not wrong. Because that's what he is. He's got Patrick Mahomes making... Dylan, I don't need you to DJ. I don't know if you've got all the audio clips saved. But he's got Travis Kelsey... or Patrick Mahomes is under duress making crazy... noises until he finds Travis Kelsey, who, as Legereus Snead described him... A dog. ...is a dog. Hey, if you're hungry, I got a great suggestion for you. You know, the, uh... Football team scored 27 points yesterday. Johnny's Tavern, the Metro's premier sports bar, is discounting their 18-inch New York-style specialty pizzas for every KC game. The discount is based on what they score. Today, Johnny's is offering 27% off. That's right, 27% off today. Specials dine-in only. Visit them online at johnnystavern.com for all their daily specials. But the 18-inch New York-style specialty pizzas are 27% off dine-in today at any Johnny's Tavern locations. Again, johnnystavern.com for uh, their locations, all their other specials, everything else. We're big fans of Johnny's Tavern around here, and uh, even bigger fans when you can get it for 27% off. Shout-out to the football for making that happen. Shout-out to Johnny's Tavern for making that happen. Want to dig into the receivers a little bit, then we'll start, start taking some calls at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Field Yates of ESPN will join us at noon, and then Nick Schaefer of KSHB 41 will roll in around 1. Somewhere in there, we're going to hear from at least some snippets from Chiefs coordinators. It's a weird day today because it's a weird week today, or weird week all week, uh, because the Chiefs are going to go from Minnesota last night, flying back pretty late. Not as late as it could have been, thankfully, but flying back pretty late before getting things going today, and I mean... You want to talk about a team that is going to maybe not watch the film from a game. I'll be really curious, actually, if someone will ask Mahomes that tomorrow or if the coaches mention any of that today. Because uh, they got to start getting ready for the Broncos. The good news is it is the Broncos, and they are atrocious right now. Uh, but, but more on them later on in the week. We'll have plenty of time to unpack what's gone wrong in Denver. Let's talk about what's gone meh so far here in Kansas City. 
Last night was interesting for the Chiefs wide receivers. You, you saw Mahomes once again spread the ball around pretty evenly and pretty successfully in a way that I think is going to be just part of the calling card of this offense. I don't mind that. Um, in fact, I'll let Mahomes say that for you here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about Rasheed Rice and, and his game in particular, but then the rest of the young wide receivers learning as the season goes on. Yeah, no, um, we, that's stuff that we've been trying to just keep those young guys learning, uh, learning uh, versus coverage. It's not always going to be perfect. Um, and I thought he did a great job. And it was right after, I think, the one that went over the top that we didn't work on that one, and he saw it, made adjustment, and made a play on the next one. And so that's what it's going to take. Um, it's going to take a lot of guys that, as they get reps, learning from, I don't want to say mistakes, but learning from the miscues or whatever you want to call it, and then executing the next play. Um, and, and they got to know that I'm going to keep firing it to them. I mean, that's just my mentality is I'm going to keep throwing the ball to them. And, you know, I think you saw a lot of young guys step up and make plays uh, today. I think that not only is that all true, I don't think Mahomes has any choice but to keep firing to the young guys because the the older guys on this roster, the guys who have been around for a little bit longer, we're kind of talking about MVS and Justin Watson, and Watson obviously had a a couple of huge catches. Uh, One, just outrageous, that toe-dragger on the sideline, incredible. Uh, But we also saw... Yeah, a spark from Justin Ross. Uh, his entire stat line is fascinating, but I'll let Mahomes tell you what he saw from Justin Ross so far and how that reflects on the receiver room as a whole. Yeah, no, I think he played, thought he played well. Um, I mean, everybody knows he has the talent. Um, and so he made a lot, made that big-time catch in that second. I think it was 18 or something like that. Um, and some of those other plays, I mean, he, he, he has the talent. We're going to keep bringing him on, and we're going to keep moving him around in different positions. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's a lot of young guys out there, and we're going to keep everybody moving and, and going in the right direction, and I think by the end of the year, we're going to be dangerous because you're not going to know who's going to get those opportunities throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, it, he's picked up what we've given him. I think we're just trying to find ways to integrate him in the offense. I mean, we, like I said, we have a lot of guys, um, and we, but we see his talent. I mean, we see what he, what he can do and how the plays that he can make, and so we're trying to do whatever we can to put him in those positions to go out there and make those plays, and as he gets more and more comfortable, just like any other like rookie in a sense, um, we'll keep giving him more and more uh, chances to go out there and make plays. Some really interesting stuff in there, one being, you know, hey, you're not going to know who gets opportunities by the end of the year. You're not going to – no defense is going to really have a feel on who the Chiefs are trying to get the ball to. That's good and bad. That has – positives and negatives and and as long as Travis Kelsey's out there you have a guy who you know is a guy so maybe that alleviates that concern you heard the follow-up question there in the middle from from Steve Walls the the hesitation in Mahomes's response I've listened to that clip now like five times or something from live last night or whatever planet last night on the show to cutting it up and this morning and again now just this time listening to it I kind of have a, a new theory because when Mahomes says there to Steve, hey, he's, he's picked up everything we've given him in the offense. It's not like Justin Ross doesn't know what he's supposed to do. I think there are kind of two things that could be going on there. One is Mahomes talks about being a comfort thing, and he's basically a rookie and all of that. A lot of that is, it's not just do you know your route tree. It's... Do you know what happens at the NFL level at full speed the moment the ball snapped... When everything changes in real time, when it all explodes into motion, does Justin Ross know how to adjust to what the defense is showing him at a higher level than he's ever seen in real time before? NFL defenses in real time, man, even high-level college ball, which he had been out of for a while, obviously. Even that 
is no match for what NFL defensive coordinators are going to do, specifically to the Chiefs' offense. But also, it does mean, if you're putting Justin Ross on the field, someone else is losing snaps. I think the Chiefs are giving themselves a problem with Rice and Ross in that regard in particular. I am 100% good with the Chiefs being on a developmental plan track and admitting it out in the open. I'm totally good with that. Matt Nagy said it pretty explicitly on Thursday. Andy Reid a couple weeks ago, and in fairness, Andy Reid has talked about them being young guys and getting them in the offense and all of those things. But I just think it was really interesting a few a few weeks ago when Andy Reid is asked about, you know, do you feel like you know who you got? Do you know who's good at what things? And Andy Reid, you know, pretty flatly said, no, yeah, we, we know who we got. It's just a matter of kind of getting them all working together and everything. And then Matt Nagy on Thursday says, yeah, we're still figuring out who these guys are, what they're good at, what we can put them in good positions to do. You mentioned Justin Ross in particular, figuring out what he's good at and what he needs to get better at, which felt like a a little something. I, I don't mind at all them embracing that. And it seems like they, they are there now. And I, I Andy Reid is probably just trying not to throw any of the young guys under the bus early on or whatever. But then I saw the snap counts this morning. I've given you some of the stat lines in recent weeks of like, hey, here's how many snaps MVS and Sky Moore and Justin Watson combined for last week. It was like nothing. There was a ton of snaps and like no particular production to show for it. Last night, MVS gets 43 of 66 snaps, 65% of them. Sky Moore gets 37 snaps, that's 56%. Justin Watson gets 29, 44%. Canarius Tony gets 25, 38%. I haven't mentioned Rice and Ross yet. Rasheed Rice had five targets and four catches. Dylan, you want to take a jab at how many snaps he played? Four targets, five catches. Uh, I've been going in descending order, so I may have given away the real take of all of this, which is it's not very many. We got 20 snaps. Bingo, Dylan. Really? On the nose. On the nose. Rasheed Rice played 20 snaps yesterday. You deserved it. And he deserved more. His touchdown was man-to-man. He beat his guy. Touchdown, Rasheed Rice. He's their best wide receiver against zone coverage right now. I think by the end of the year, he will just be their best wide receiver, period. He might be right now. And then Justin Ross got six snaps, four targets, two catches, two drops. Now, look, again, I'm I'm cool with some, some growing pains. If Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross make some rookie mistakes, that's okay. Sky Moore's been getting a ton of work and not doing anything in particular with it. MVS has been getting a ton of work, and I'm still not totally sure how the Chiefs are even viewing him right now because I feel like there's a little more to tap into. That's more to break down later. I don't mind drops and guys being out of position. If the plan is what do they look like in December? I just want to see the young guys on the field in the meantime. Is that too much to ask?